Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Friday, December 1st, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. Producer Mikey is along for the ride as well. G-Men are on a bye week, right? Bye week, which means uh, I can catch up on some things. We're going to the Kennedy Space Center this weekend, oh. so literally looking forward to that. And we'll talk about it in one game. I'm, I'm kind of going to change my football viewing for just this weekend only because of the game slate. Um, so we're good. I, again, I think no, less echo. I added some pads to the studio. Yes. Um. I got some pictures for the office, the Kenny Galladay touchdown. Oh, wonderful. So I got to get frames for those later. The iconic Trailer Park Boys talking Giants. <laughs> Big Lebowski, which is my ultimate watch uh, movie on a plane film. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the I'm excited for the off week. Okay, will you hang a jersey in that office? Hmm. Do you what, have a Giants jersey? Yeah, I have like – I have. I, actually, I think I lost – you know what? I think I lost my Eli Manning jersey at a Bucks game drunk. Um, but I have Strahan, Shockey, Andrew Thomas, Tiki, like we talked about the other day, a red Tiki one too. I love the Giants red jersey. So I was thinking about, but I think I was going to go more like talking Giants stuff than a specific jersey. All right, we're we're going to get to Thursday night's game very quickly here, but I do have a question for you. Uh, I'm calling the Browns Rams game on radio, and so my two sons are going to go with my brother to the uh, to the Browns game. Not that they can't go on their own, but they're 23 and 18, so they just want to go. Um. My oldest son asked me yesterday, Dad, can I wear my Deshaun Kaiser jersey? Man who never won a start as a Cleveland Browns quarterback. What should my answer be? Absolutely, yes. He's a part of history. Like Those those are the jerseys that I think prove your fandom more so than other jerseys, right? Like Everybody's got – like if I see someone in a Saquon jersey, I'm not even exactly sure you're a Giants fan. Mm. Um, you know, what, what would that be for the Browns? Like maybe Odell – at the time, like, or oh. I guess Miles Garrett can transcend yeah. that a little bit, yeah. but or Chubb, yeah. So it's like I, I, I love those types of jerseys. Like I've been yeah. to some Bucks games, and I love seeing them there in their Josh Freeman jerseys. Still, it's like, man, you you bought a Josh Freeman jersey. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a real fan right there. Yeah, but I remember the day he asked to buy a Deshaun Kaiser jersey. I was like, yo, man, slow your roll. He goes, Dad, he's going to be our quarterback in the future. I was like, oh. oh, oh. So that's good. why it's the best jersey of all time. Like yeah. he sold himself on Deshaun Kaiser. Interesting. Okay, we had a, a great game to kick off week 13 on Thursday night. Dallas Cowboys, they come back, they beat the Seattle Seahawks in a game where there were zero punts, but there were plenty of questionable calls by coaching staffs, by referees, but in the end, it was a ton of fun. And Dallas finally gets a win over a winning team, although the Seahawks, I guess, are no longer a winning team. They're still very 500 funny. these days. Uh, did Dallas show you enough to say, yeah, they are legit and can play with the biggest boys around? No. Like, that was going to be my question for you. It's like, does this game make you feel better or worse about them versus 49ers and and, and the Eagles, right? Like, we've, we've established throughout this entire season, they are the number three team in the NFC. They clearly are. But I still, like, I don't have – 
I, I that 49ers blowout still rings in my head, right? And then they just mm-hmm. played a tight game with another team the 49ers blew out in the Seahawks last week. Um, you know, and you had 130 yards of penalties on both sides of this. Yeah, that was rough. Um, no, I, I, I hate and I hate to come on here and poo-poo them after that win, right? And Dak does look great, but I I keep telling myself I'm not falling for this every single year with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I think that you can look at it two ways. One is that Dallas is a ton of fun to watch, certainly offensively. There's no question about that. When they're when they're humming like that, their games are super enjoyable. There's there's some star power over there. Some young guys like Ferguson are really making a name for themselves at this level. So that part is good, and I think the Cowboys should be applauded by it, uh, about it. But when you haven't made the NFC title game in basically 30 years, then the question marks will continue to be out there, and I think that's okay. In fact, I would say next Sunday night when they play host to the Philadelphia Eagles, Sunday Night Football on NBC, if they win that game, let's just play this game out. If they win that game, does the whole narrative around them shift, or is it strictly what happens in January in round two of the playoffs? If they beat the Eagles, even then, it's like they've kind of had their shot at the Eagles a bunch of times. Um, I think it really does only matter for them what happens in January. I really Mm -hmm. do, right? And you said offensively. Like Jake Ferguson, I love that guy, right? He's like one of my favorite guys out of the draft the last couple of years. CeeDee Lamb is obviously amazing. Dak is playing some of the best ball of his career, if not the best ball of his career. The offensive line was protecting really well. But here's the issue. The Seahawks are a team that defensively doesn't really have much pass rush presence, right? One, their corners are young, and they got a lot of penalties yesterday, right? Like they had like what? Maybe like three big pass interference calls on penalties. So the Seahawks right now, it's like, okay, their offensive line isn't very good. So pressure Geno and cover DK because he likes to go to DK on Metcalf or, or go to DK on like those money downs. And that's, and they couldn't, they could not like get consistent, like pressure, like ruin the game pressure on Gino, and they weren't able to cover DK Metcalf. So it's like, man, you, that was like your one job for this game, and you weren't able to to do it, really. It's pretty simple. When you're the Dallas Cowboys in a name brand like that, I'll see you in the middle of January. And that's how I'll judge you. We're not going to go back and look at the end of this season and say, man, wasn't that Thursday nighter against the Seahawks special? Because it's just not where we are with this team. And no, I always, it, it, go ahead. It would be if it'd be like if this was the second year of like Dak in this offense and stuff. Right. Like, but it's but it's again, it's like it's like we've watched the same season six years in a row. Right. And that's where you want to be, to be honest with you. I think that you know, listen, when we work at NFL Network, they're like, you have to mention the Cowboys once every eight minutes or something. For years, that would make me want to puke because I was like, they don't deserve to be talked about in that here they do. And to me, the only question is. Listen, I think they're going to have to beat Philly and San Francisco, I don't know in what order, on consecutive weeks in the divisional round and the NFC Championship to make the Super Bowl. And I don't think any team can do that. I I just don't think it can happen. And so it will shock me, it'll surprise me, and I will look at this franchise in a different light if it happens. But I don't, And I don't think that that's mean to say either. I just don't. Ooh. They are a show-me team, right? Like, we've shown us that you are clearly better than the other 13 teams in the NFC. But I just – there's really nothing they could do besides beat the 49ers and Eagles to say, okay, you are better. You're you're ready to compete with those two teams. Like, And, again, Dak looked really good in that Eagles game. But I, I still think to view the Eagles as a, a pretty solidly better team. That's a divisional matchup. And the 49ers, like, 
like the idea that we could just throw that away because it's you know almost two months ago that 49ers game they 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 dog walked them they make them look they made them look silly and that's still if i see them play san francisco next week i'm expecting san i'm picking san francisco minus seven minus whatever you give me right uh very quickly on dak who it's now six straight games where he's had multiple touchdown passes 20 touchdowns total in that span he is definitely playing the best uh, of his career. I loved hearing Aaron Rodgers this week on McAfee, you know, throw bouquets in his direction. I thought that was really cool from one legendary quarterback to a guy who is certainly carving his own niche. And I will say this, that we know about the quarterback position, that it gets too much credit when the team wins and too much play. But that is especially true in Dallas. And if you look at the last two guys who have really been the starting quarterbacks over the last two decades there, it's Dak Prescott. It's Tony Romo. Like, to me, these are amazing success stories. Dak was a fourth-round pick. I know that there were some things that dropped him down for probably a second-rounder to a fourth-rounder, but nonetheless, he was a fourth-round pick. And Tony Romo went undrafted out of Eastern Illinois. For people to say, oh, well, they were overrated, that's such bullshit. Like, get your head out of here. You know what? Enough with that stuff. These guys have played exceptionally well over the last two decades. Have they been the best quarterback in the league at times? No. Maybe with Dak this year because nobody else has really jumped up and grabbed that mantle this year. But I, I just I want to make that point that with Dallas quarterbacks, let's cut them a little little bit of slack here for their play. They've both been really, really good. Oh yeah, Dak is a really good quarterback. It's like it's it's not a question of like we're not doing, you know, two thousand, you know, eighteen Dak versus Carson Wentz debates anymore. Like Dak's a really good quarterback. He's clearly top ten. Um, and he, if you look at box score numbers, he probably has the best numbers uh, for any quarterback this season. You can argue mm-hmm. maybe C.J. Stroud because he's, he's putting up some more yards and has one less game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dak has great box score. Like if you had, okay, I know you put MVP on. Like, let's just ignore the fact that Tyreek Hill should be the MVP. If you're doing only a quarterback, who are you picking right now? Uh, it's tough, dude. It it's is not tough. a good year. I know. I would think about C.J. Stroud. I would I would give him a serious, serious thought uh, if they make the playoffs because, I mean, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but I never would have thought that they won six of their first 11 games. No way. And he is doing it. He's not dinking and dunking, dude. He's leading, well, he has the most yards per attempt. Yards. Most explosive. So, cor- we'll talk about them in a second. Yeah. They're, I would think I, I would about probably him, put C.J. Stroud number one, Dak number two with QBs. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have any problem with Dak winning it at this point. And depending on what happens with Brock Purdy down the stretch, particularly Sunday afternoon in Philly, that might change things a little bit. All right, uh, let's move on to the Niners and, and Eagles. It's an NFC title game rematch. And despite the Eagles being at home and having a two-game lead in the NFC over the Niners for the best record, they're a home dog. How much does that surprise you? It's a bit surprising right like even though you like I think the 49ers will probably win this game it is still surprising right like they did score 21 points on them the first half that NFC championship game but you looked at that offense they only averaged 3.8 yards per play which is like you remember how close like how that game was just not close at all but it really came down to the 49ers offense without Brock Purdy and then without Josh Johnson um and then you see oh they got seven first downs from penalties it's uh I am surprised by this, right? And I, I'm so excited for, like, the individual matchups in this game, too. 
Uh, I think uh, this is this is game of the year. I'm so glad that they moved Seahawks Broncos into one o'clock so we could just this is the sole focus. Yeah, well, I'll be calling the Browns game opposite this, so I will have it on. Uh, I'll have it on my phone watching it while calling it the Browns game because I'll have to talk about it Sunday night on on NFL Network. So to me, uh, it was interesting because they brought up they asked Kyle Shanahan about the Niners being a road favorite, and he came out with the listen. I don't look at that stuff. I don't even understand it. Line. Don't know whether he. I believe that part or not, but he said I don't. I don't get it. Like I don't get it. Why we're the favorite on the road. And I think there's some people that certainly feel that way. But if you were to ask 100 NFL fans that watch the game fairly closely, how many of them currently think San Francisco is a better team than Philly? Um, 60? I don't know. It's six, Right, 60 or 65, which in that case, then I get the whole, I understand it a little bit. I yeah. do understand it a little bit. I think that um, I do think one thing Philly has going in its favor is the well, the Niners think the only reason they lost last year was because of the quarterback situation and Purdy getting injured on the third play of the game may or may not be true. But if the Eagles believe that the Niners feel that, then that's something they can build on. However, if we're just looking at the four units of the team, meaning San Francisco's offense, defense, Philly offense and defense. The one that, to me, is most worrisome is the Philly defense because it is not what it was a year ago. Last year, they were top eight in points allowed per game. This year, they're bottom half of the league. And that's something that can be really, really concerning. I know they're at home. I know they're in front of those mutant fans who are going nuts all the time. Maybe that helps build up their pass rush a little bit more against San Francisco. But that's a little troubling to me. Yeah, and even like the matchups on the other side of the game, I was like, those are matchups the 49ers like to win. Like, I, I'm so excited to see Javar, Javarius Ward versus AJ Brown. Like, you look at, okay, AJ Brown's a big body guy. So is DK Metcalf, even though DK doesn't always play like the big body guy. But we saw what DK Metcalf did last night. Like, Ward held him to one for six, you know, one completion on six uh, throws at him. And AJ Brown, I'm excited for that. And then the real one, hopefully the 49ers who usually do put both on the right tackle. Lane Johnson, who's a little banged up, versus Nick Bosa. Like, that could be the decider of this game right mm -hmm. now. We've we've talked about on this show, too, how when Lane Johnson's out, Jalen Hurts like, – I mean, again, that's that's how they lost to the Jets. Their one loss of the year was because Lane Johnson was out. Um, can Nick Bosa win that matchup? Like, it's, you know, it's best right tackle in the game versus, you know, arguably best, you know, best pass rusher in the game. San Francisco is also kind of coming off that mini buy. They did play on the road at Seattle on Thanksgiving night. So, but it's still a long trip to Philly and maybe that'll even things out there. The one last stat I will give you, and I think it's impressive is that Jalen hurts has won 14 straight games against winning teams. That means something, man. I mean, you would have figured at some point they would have had a little slip up with him and it just hasn't happened. Obviously that's, we're talking about regular season because Kansas City was a winning team when they faced them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's it's, it's, and going back to the last topic, that is why it's like we look at them so much clearly higher than the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I mean this this is absolutely game of the year. This is this is the NFC Championship, right? This is why we were a little bit dismissive of Dallas in the last segment is that like this this is the NFC Championship. Like unless there is injuries to these guys quarterbacks, this is what we're going to see the end of January. All right, let's move on to a fun one in Houston. The Broncos and the Texans, both 6-5 and five and right on the cusp of the playoffs. 
Uh, is Denver going to keep rolling and make it six straight wins? It's so funny. Like you think of like, oh, Denver five game winning streak. That's nice. Who'd they play? Oh, I don't know. Four straight playoff teams. Um, and their past defense has been really good in that stretch. I'm so excited for this game. I'm not doing any red zone this week. I am watching Broncos Texans. That's it. I'm not watching any other games. Maybe I'll put red zone on my like my laptop next to me. But I am I am tuned in on this game because these are two playoff like contending teams. And I I, I want to see tell like tell me who you are. Like winner winner of this game is like is is moves up a notch for me in this game. Um so I'm very excited to see CJ Stroud for that versus that pass defense. Um you know, the Broncos want to run the ball a lot, and the Texans are great at stopping the run. Like what D'Amico Ryans has done with that, going from one of the worst to the best run defenses is, is astounding. Um, so I, I want to see some of these, like this is not a star-studded matchup, but I want to see some of these young guys. Like I want Will Anderson Jr. been playing great this year. Take over this game, right? C.J. Stroud, create explosives. You know, Patrick Sertain, can you shut down Nico Collins when it looks like Tank Dell might not play in this game? Um you know, so I want to see the young guys in this game like take a step forward. Yeah, that's always fun. Uh, Denver has played extremely well, particularly because of that defense, which leads the league in in takeaways with twenty two. And Houston, I know that last week against Jacksonville, they didn't have any turnovers, but in the previous two games, they had three in each contest. That's a thing that can do a young team wrong, and so that's something I'll be watching here. Um, and also, I just want to see the the continued maturation of CJ Stroud right in front of our eyes. You know, he continues to build with these late game heroics against teams like Tampa Bay. And then the one against Cincinnati really, really impressed me uh, getting that done on the road against the team that's made consecutive AFC championship game appearances. You know, he's in line to become the first rookie since 1939 when Davey O'Brien did it to lead the league in passing yards per game. He's at like 296 and change right now, I think. And in an era where we have some superior passing and guys that are uber decorated, I think that'd be really, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it before. He's a legit MVP candidate. Like, if you voted CJ Stroud for MVP right now, nobody would blink at that. Well, um, that's not true. I think a lot of people would. I think you really I, – I don't – because I think sometimes people vote that MVP like it's a little bit like it's a legacy award like if you've been hovering around and then finally you, you do something super special well let's just give it to him because you know he's tried so hard in recent years yeah like the the Kobe MVP in the NBA that was I feel like that was a legacy one um who who won the MVP last year was Mahomes right yep mm -hmm. Rogers went back to back and then I think it was probably Mahomes before that well, it's been a, it's been a quarterback every year since AP in 2012. And that was that that was close too. That was so close and it was like why is this close? Give Adrian Peterson the damn MVP. Well, you were talking about Tyreek Hill. I think the last I, I want Tyreek Hill to be the MVP. I really do. Like let's I feel like we need every 10 years to get someone who's not a quarterback just like okay, you guys at least have a chance. Like this is not again, this is not a year where someone is far and away the top QB numbers. Tyreek Hill is having a record-setting year. Give Tyreek Hill the damn MVP. What do you think the Dolphins' record would be without Tyreek Hill? They, they're eight and three right now. Well, Jalen Waddles missed some games too. Uh I don't know, probably like five and six. Okay, 
What do you think the Texans' record would be if Davis Mills was still their quarterback? Um, what's their record now? Six and five. Two and nine. Yeah, Maybe? two and nine. Probably one and ten. Maybe he'd eke one out. Pretty bad, uh, right? Pretty I, bad. I don't know. It's it's, but I I feel like do of course. Then it then let's just do the quarterback of the year award. We need to change it to most outstanding. Like talk our talking Giants awards every year. We perfectly most outstanding player. Don't give me the value of like. Well, technically, Daniel Jones more value than Andrew Thomas. No, yeah. Andrew Thomas most outstanding. Give it to him. Yeah, that, I'd be fine with that. But congratulations, you won most outstanding player. Like what? What do I don't understand? Yeah, but I think we can call it MVP because that's the name of it, and just vote as a most outstanding. Oh, okay. Oh, you're really doing some interesting things there. Okay. By the way, are you good with the Russ we're seeing? Like, do you? So he's got 20 touchdowns, only four picks, but last week he threw for like 130 yards or something, and everybody's like, "Ah, Russ, he's playing great football." And I sit there, I'm like, "Is he?" Is he playing great football, or is he just playing good enough football to where Sean Payton can win games with him? Yeah, which is, I'm looking at his contract now. It's like he has $85 million of dead cap if he's cut in this offseason. So they they can't move off of him. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's such a weird spot where, like, this isn't what – this is what you would have expected Russ's first year in the league type stuff. and. Right. You're kind of like winning with him instead of winning because of him. It's so such a weird one of the weirder like drop offs in the NFL is Russell Wilson because as much as he had flaws in Seattle, he did some magical stuff, right? Like totally. he was almost an MVP the year before he got injured and ended up leaving Seattle. Um, I know some of the, like the defensive changes for the league have really hampered him probably more than anybody else, but still, like he's a smart dude, like. My, he's my favorite Manning cast guest of all time, by the way, is Russell Wilson. Like, listening really? to him talk with Peyton and Eli, has been, no one's been better. Yeah, I have a hard time getting past real Russ and image Russ. Yeah, well, just hearing him talk about football was kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's just a weird spot for Russ. Yeah, I wonder what I he thinks, so. like he's being used like this. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's ride. That's what he thinks. I think he stopped doing that in interviews, too, by the way. All right. Sunday night game. The champs will visit Lambeau Field with Green Bay just a half game out of the playoff chase. Are you confident that the Packers can keep us entertained all night long? No, because that Chiefs defense is really good. But this is the game for Jordan Love. Like, you just – I'm not, Packers don't need to win this game. Look good versus defense. Not have your best statistical game, but look good versus defense. We'll we'll see what you can do because a lot of what he's doing is what Matt Lafleur's scheme is doing. Like Matt Lafleur is like not getting the credit that he's due for the coaching job he's done. Like Love is has a second worst completion percentage in the NFL, only to Zach Wilson, but he's top five in yards per per completion. Right, so they're creating explosives, creating guys are open, and it's not like they have that stud star receiver. They got some guys, Christian Watson, who I like. Dobbs and, and Jaden Reed like those are three guys that I like but none of them are the star um so I, I want to see how he can do versus this defense who has linebackers that play good in coverage and they're you know Aaron Jones gonna expect him probably not gonna play um so this this is the game for Jordan Love show me is is it real or are you just kind of a a scheme merchant 
Yeah, you know, we talked about him last two weeks, five touchdowns, no picks. He's gotten his team back believing a little bit. Um, I think he will keep him in it, in part because I think the Green Bay defense is, is up for the challenge, uh, meaning just to keep Kansas City from running away like they did last week on the road out in Vegas, right? They finally put it together in a second half. They'd been the lowest-scoring second-half team all year, which was shocking. They were yeah. averaging a little bit over five points per game, five points per second half this season. And they put up 17 against the Raiders. So as long as Green Bay can keep that to seven, I think that that'll be perfectly fine. I mean, we've talked about it before that, you know, Mahomes has put up such amazing numbers the first five full seasons as a starter in his career, averaging basically 30 points per game. Well, this year they're averaging 23. That is a huge drop-off. So it feels like Kansas City doesn't have the ability to blow teams out at this point. Um, and certainly teams that are playing their best ball of the season, which I think Green Bay is. So I think yeah, I, mean, I the, expect them to. The Chiefs defense has been better than the, their offense yes. this year. Um, and that's why I'm that's why I'm excited for this matchup. Is like, yeah, you have obviously you have Mahomes and Kelsey on one side, but that defense versus Jordan Love should be a good match. And what LaFleur does. Are so are you believer are you believer in rust or rest coming off a of bye week? Because I'm a hardcore believer of teams look worse coming off of their bye weeks. Pe- people think they're just spending an extra week preparing. No, they're on vacation. And think of when you come back from work for vacation, you're rusty. Uh, I'm a big believer that the Chiefs will be a little rusty. Well, the Chiefs played last week. I thought they had the bye week last week. No, they played the Raiders. I'm an idiot. Um. Anyways, that topic doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, uh, we will table that discussion until next week because there are a half dozen teams that do have a bye, including your Giants. Yeah, when we're we'll previewing that great Giants-Packers game, we got we got to talk about rust versus rest. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Could yeah, table that discussion. Last year we had a guy almost lose his hand on an ATV accident, and now he's the center of Brian Dale versus Wink Martindale. So excited, excited for this bye week. Something right. with Giants players in their hands that are just just addicted to almost losing them. All right, let's be careful, please. No firecracker accidents. Thank you. The weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays hot, like Florida. And today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot and an even bigger payout. Doesn't that sound great? If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. Uh, last thing, Aaron Rodgers' 21-day practice window is open. He was back on the field this week. Are you getting any more excited? No, haven't they basically admitted he's not playing? Yeah, he did ha- He did speak to beat writers, I believe, on Thursday about it. And he said, listen, we're going to be smart about this. Can I give you my theory? Give me it. My theory was that he probably pushed the Jets to open the window so that at 4-7, and seven, if they went on some sort of mini run, he could come back, but he knows full well that they're not good enough to, even if they got to six and eight by the time he can be activated on Christmas Eve, let's just play that out. 
that at six and eight, most likely there's going to be five teams definitely ahead of them to the point where things would have to go magical for the Jets. They'd have to win their last three, and then they'd have to have like three of five teams lose all three games, like that sort of stuff, so that the odds of them making the playoffs are so slim that he'll come out and say, or the team will come out and say, we just think that it's best that he sits till next year. But Rodgers wants to be able to be right on the medical side of this, where he can come out and say, hey, listen, y'all doubted me. I could have done it. I could have been out there. But we'll never know because he won't be out there. That's my philosophy. I have no clue what to do with him. And, I, and again, I, I we said it before, I'm getting very bored with uh, Rodgers' stuff. And I think I, I get annoyed at sometimes how much he's gotten overhated. Um, but it, with this is just like he's like when that twenty-one day window opens up. Usually, those players are actually practicing. He's not actually practicing. Like he's just on the side throwing. Like it, it definitely seems like a show. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on motives and what exactly they're going to do. But it just seems like a show to me, and I'm 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 bored with that show. Like if he came back and play, I would I will eat all my words or even thought there was a chance. <laughs> I'd be, I would call it miraculous. He proved everybody wrong. Yep. I don't care what injury. Like, it, then the theory goes, oh, well, he didn't tear his Achilles. I don't care what it was. He was supposed to be out for the season. Now he's back. I, it, this is all. This is amazing. He proved people wrong. But until that happens, I'm just, just not buying it. Yeah. Same here. And I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, there was like one or two reporters that came out this week and said he definitely didn't tear his Achilles. I'm not gonna make that statement. I don't shit. I don't know enough about. Yeah, like people just saying that with with for a fact. Like I, I I think he did tear his Achilles, but I I I also don't think he's able to come back either. Right. I mean, that would be the thing. There's a difference between sitting there and throwing passes without shoulder pads on, as opposed to being chased down by guys on Christmas Eve, and then four days later, maybe Miles Garrett coming after you. Like, yeah. Show me you can do that. And here's my proof that it is all a show. Rogers is a, like if he can throw, he can throw on any day of the week, right? Why does he choose Sunday mornings when the press is all in the stadium and you got ESPN NFL countdown and Fox Sunday kick? Like, and if you know the NFL, like, why does he do it on like it's a show to me? Yeah, well, that's what Emmanuel Acho said this week, I believe. Right? Wasn't it Emmanuel Acho who came out and said that he loves he might love his teammates, but he loves attention more, or maybe he loves both, but he certainly loves the attention and. Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't mind guys... it. I just I think he's struggling with the fact that when he's not playing, he's not going to get the attention that he always like. I was so excited for the Jets this year, whether they did great right. or plundered. Like, it's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers, but it's just you're a football player, which is again is so, so, very sobering for some players. You know, when things start to dwindle down, um, but like that's what people really care about is you playing football. Absolutely, but he does think. Maybe and maybe he's right to think this way that he is more than that, right? He was how many football players have been a Jeopardy host candidate? Not many that I can remember. I do remember that Ralph Panershka, former kicker for the Chargers, did host Wheel of Fortune for one year in the eighties. Go look that one up. Um, and I do know that Aaron Rodgers has openly questioned Dr. Fauci. And that we're not here to discuss that stuff, but he doesn't mind putting himself out there for right. all of this stuff. And by the way, if you're going to put yourself out there, it just leaves you more susceptible to taking shots for more than just misreading a defense or throwing into triple coverage. Like, that's what we care about. That's why we have 
grown to love or not love you. And yeah, it's been, it, I mean, he's he's essentially become politics. Like half people hate him, half people right. love him, and so like like when he lost, like that the day they lost to the 49ers in the playoff game, the Packers, like Twitter was so lame that night. Being like, I can't I can't even remember what the jokes were, but I think everybody made the same exact like vaccine jokes. Like, okay, one person can make it. Now you guys are all copying and pasting. Um, but again, play. Play. I, I was so excited for this Jeff season. I really was. They were yep. they were the talk of the NFL, but with him out, they aren't that, and he's not that. All right, listen, go enjoy your bye week and your um NFL viewing. I will see you. I guess on Monday we'll do this again, right? Monday, Monday. Yeah, we gotta Monday talk, to about talk about game of the year, 49ers, Eagles, Texans, Broncos. And we're coming, we're coming with some takes on those teams. Um what what what's like the fourth game we would talk about this week? This week, uh, you got Patriots, Chargers. No, Saints, Lions. Look, that's maybe Falcons, Jets. I don't know. Um, we'll see. There's always some sort of magic out there that makes it fun. Hey, Panthers coming off of a uh, off of a uh, firing intra right. head coaches. I always pick the interim head coach. It's a fact. You're right. Go, Chris so. Tabor. Go. There you go, go Chris go Tabor. Let's let's have yourself a day. All right, listen, man, have a good weekend. Always fun. Uh, everybody continue to consume the content from the Talking Giants world. For our outstanding producer, Mikey, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Football Today.